It is Thursday, the 5th of May. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee. Now, Shane, a very... A good, productive lunch with one of our partners yesterday. Yeah, the CEO, Bill Richmond of Bluebet. Um, now we do a, a, a racing show that you host for them, Tim. Mm. And um, it was good to catch up with them yesterday. Off the back of them signing as a major yeah. sponsor with the new uh, NRL franchise, the Dolphins. So uh, he was fresh off um, the meeting with them. He said, Wayne Bennett looks very fit and, and is very pumped up and said there'll be some big signings coming in the next few weeks. So watch this space. Yeah, I really think Cameron Munster's going to end up there. And it's going to end up like we discussed, I think, at the start of the year. He will just, like it's a case of build it and they will come. Wayne Bennett there will just attract these players. Well, that is all good stuff. And, of course, we have our racing show tomorrow, so listen in for that because we might just have a few tips for you. Cracking show today, Ricky Ponting. Rarely does he flare, but his temper has risen. We'll tell you about that. What about this wild pitch invasion uh, in the English soccer? And, of course, the Rugby League tonight. A huge game, the Rabbits and the Broncos. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Shane, Ricky Ponting's always kept a fairly even temper about himself, even when he was young. I mean, when he was captain a couple of times, we saw him flare those nostrils, but um, he's blown up deluxe here. He has at, at Mitchell Marsh. So Mitchell Marsh is uh, obviously Ricky Ponting's coaching the franchise that Mitchell's playing for, and mm. and he's been out with COVID, so he's missed quite a mm. few games. Now, Mitchell Marsh yeah. is coming off the back of um, pretty much a good 12 months and being one of the best 2020 players in the world. Well, missing games through COVID, and then he sort of got in. He was, I think he was 34 runs off 20 balls, played and missed one and didn't even question the decision, and it showed that he actually missed the ball altogether. So Ricky let him know in no uncertain terms. It was an absolute brain fade, and uh, I think it ended up costing the team the match itself. Yeah, yeah, he got, he got his point across. Now, what about this story in Adelaide? A pedestrian struck a cricket game, a police car. Sounds like something out of a movie. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. It was, uh, it was a red Commodore, I think, that was stolen, and all of a sudden the chase was on through the the, uh, the local cricket match. And um, I saw a couple of guys interviewed, and they said, lucky no one was hit because this thing was flying more than 100 kilometres across the cricket pitch and uh, in and out of players. So I uh, ended up with a car crashing, but thank goodness no one, no one, was, um, no one was injured uh, in the pursuit. And... Uh, the person who stole the car has been apprehended. Yeah, Beverly Hills cop. That does uh, that does yeah. wind back to another <laughs> era, doesn't it? Eddie Murphy. Uh, now, Mike Tyson. We saw him on the plane the other day. Flip out at that uh, that fan who just kept coming at him, and uh, he's lost it again. Um, someone's just got a bit too close. 
Well, yeah, some girl was sitting behind him and just put her big, she had a big pink fingernail and put it onto his face. So I can understand why that that had pissed me off too. But uh, I just think what's going to happen now with uh, with Mike sort of losing his temper, there's going to be someone in the near future that, that, that will wind him up, try and get hit, and then try and sue Mike Tyson for cash. And that you, America's a very litigious place, um, Tim, and I can see this happening if, if he keeps losing his... Uh, his marbles over certain things, he's going to uh, probably flip out the wrong person here at some stage. They might get hurt along the way. Do, do they <laughs> yeah. realise that he sort of bit half someone's ear off? You know, <laughs> Mate, it would be enough money in the world for me to do it to him, but uh, I'm sure someone may be brave enough, but it's not me or you, Tim. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, don't worry. You can speak on my <laughs> behalf in that area, that's for sure. Now, uh, the world game, Matilda's Ellie Carpenter. We've got some superstars, don't we, in, in Australian female soccer? We do. Uh, Ellie Carpenter is making um, Champion League history, being the first Australian woman to qualify for two Champion League finals, which is a, a huge achievement. Um, playing for Olympic Leone, she uh, yeah they go through to the final once again. She said when she first played in the first Champions League final, she was sort of came to the club late, so didn't really feel part of it. As a key defender, she's been a big influence on this team, and uh, we'll go into the finals. Well done to Ellie. What about this pitch invasion in Bournemouth? It, it was extraordinary. It was Beatles like. Yeah, well, this is the second division, Tim. So Bournemouth have now been promoted. Uh, after defeating Nottingham Forest, 1-0 with substitute Kiefer Moore came on, scored in the 83rd minute to send the crowd into hysteria. They invaded the pitch. It means $350 million for the club. So it's huge dollars to be now be promoted to the EPL. So Bournemouth go through. Congratulations to them and uh, all their supporters once again, go along with them. So they'll be celebrating way into the night. Yeah, I love the passion. I love the passion. Yep. And it's interesting that so you know, you've got plenty of English mates like I do who are sort of expats living out here. And it doesn't matter where they come from. They all identify with their with their local team, like whether it be yep. Coventry or it wouldn't matter where it was. Uh, they identify with their team like Stevenage and all these other sorts of mm. teams. So, yeah, the passion is fantastic. Now, a real a sign, a, a symbol, the Afghanistan national women's soccer team uh, given a voice for the voiceless in their country uh, on and off the pitch in Melbourne. Yeah, well, the, the Afghani um, uh, women's soccer team um, seek to Solomon in Australia and now they're actually playing some matches. Um, look, they're separated from their families. They can't go to school. Mm. So every time they walk onto the paddock and play, they're, they're really sending a, a strong message, not but not only back to Afghanistan and to all the women there, but to all women around the world. This is a real united thing they're doing, and I, I congratulate them for doing that. It would be very, very tough to be sort of – yeah, to leave your country, to leave your family, but they've got each other and they've got the game of soccer to, um, to I suppose, give them some comfort. So congratulations oh, yeah. to them. Yep. Oh, on the rules in uh, that women yeah. face in Afghanistan. Yep, horrible. Under the Taliban, just, just you know, just uh, inconceivable, really. Um, the mm. world of golf as we change pace and, and Greg Norman's breakaway tour. Like, uh, the Australians who decide to go with um, the great white shark and his one wood um, <laughs> could be in a little strife. Well, if they do sign with him, they're basically saying that now that they will not be able to participate in any Australian events. Um, so they're coming down hard on this Rebel Tour. But once again, Tim, and I've said it before on this show, with the size of the checkbook, not the size of his one, but the size of the checkbook that the, the great white shark mm. has, he will get players. And he knows that if he can get a guy who's sort of lower down to sign off at $12 million, he's going to do it. And they'll come thick and fast. They're already starting to see a few of them sign now at the top end, um, but they'll come thick and fast. And uh, whether they get banned from these tournaments or not, 
Um, it all comes down to money, unfortunately. Yeah, it's all about money, isn't it? Uh, now, Lewis Hamilton speaking on the subject of money. Uh, he Look, a lot's coming out about Lewis Hamilton. Now, this is a guy that's really just been the top of the pops, hasn't he, in F1 for well over a decade now. And um, he's revealed... Uh, look, this is a real sad admission, this one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's a real sad admission. He's he's sort of saying, look, and he's been a um a, a real pioneer, um, being the first black person in Formula One. He said it's been a really really lonely journey, and he said just due to the lack of diversity, and he said he was the only black family within the whole setup, and he said it just felt very lonely all the time. Saying that he's been um an unbelievable sportsman, potentially go down as as the best F one driver of all time, but I think. After last year, and he almost walked away from the sport, and you're sort of seeing why now. Um, he, if he would have won that one, he is the greatest of all time. But he's been very, very reflective in in his career and and where he stands. And um, I just think it's very, very brave for him to say this stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is afternoon sport. Plenty more to come. Of course, the Broncos and the Rabbitohs. Adam Reynolds tonight. We've got the AFL as well, plus much more. Let's start with the AFL, uh, Shane, here with the footy and Brisbane Lions great Lee Matthews and, of course, Alistair Lynch saying that Joe Danaher not indispensable. And uh, this sort of plays to the line that you put your hand in a bucket of water, pull it out, and losing an individual is the hole that it leaves. So basically, Mm. everyone is indispensable. Yeah, and I think... Everyone's dispensable, right? Dispensable, yeah. And I think what they're saying is that, look, Danio came off um, half-time against the Swans and they still won the match. Um, mm. So they have a real belief. The The Lions haven't won uh, since well, for the last 19 years. Uh, was their last flag. But there's a real belief now, not only from the players, but from the ex-players to think that this team could go all the way. And I believe so. Then that's with or without Danaher. Danaher's a big tall up the front. He can... Some days he can kick five, six goals. Some days he can be pretty ordinary. Um, but they're sort of saying that let's not rely on him. Uh, we've got the, we've got the cattle to do it in or, in or around him. A couple of times we've heard Andrew Johns and Matthew Johns' names surrounding coaching the Samoan team and the Samoan infrastructure and the people involved in Samoan rugby league have said, no, we're going to stick with what we've got. Um, and there's articles that, that float about. They've decided to, to stay with what they've got again um, and say thank you, but... But no, thank you to the two brothers coaching them. Yeah, it's a it's a funny sort of proposition, isn't it? Like they're going to share coaching. Um, what in between media commitments? I I don't know. I think it's the right thing. It sounds like a bit of a jolly for those two. Um, but Samoa's decided to go with their existing infrastructure. Um, now Wayne Bennett, we mentioned Bluebet at the top of the show, and of course they've come on to sponsor yep. the Dolphins, and they'll be in the competition uh, next year in twenty twenty three. And uh, uh, I also alluded to Wayne Bennett's recruitment drive, and he's been talking to some uh, pretty high profile players. Um, no surprise that he's been at the base of the mountains talking to uh, a player there or a couple. Yeah, well, the Panthers star Stephen Crichton, uh, he comes off contract at the end of 2023, and he's well, he's that means he's free to negotiate as of November one this year. And mm. I think he wants to sign Crichton, although he's playing the centres now, playing him as um, sign him as, as their fullback. Um, that's the word on the street at the moment, and uh, that would be a, a huge signing for them. Yeah, Adam Reynolds up against. Uh, 
South Sydney tonight. This is going to be quite a game. They've already played this year, these two teams, but there was no Adam Reynolds. I reckon this is going to be a really, really uh, aggressive and, and um, dynamic game, I think, we're going to see here. I think the, the South guys are going to come out and try and absolutely smash um, Adam Reynolds. And I think I think the Broncos are in pretty good form at the moment, so I think it's going to be a really really good match to watch. Yeah, good mate of our uh, our program over the years uh, has been Brian Gorgian, and of course mm. great things as coach uh, basketball coach for so many years. We saw what he did with the Boomers and that bronze medal, and he's decided to um, step down at the Illawarra Hawks. He's not getting any younger, um, but uh, he's done a great job there. Well, he's got them to the finals again. And he uh, is 68 years of age and has had offers from overseas. So he's going to stay on in an advisory role at the Hawks, but he will pursue um, offers to go and coach overseas. I think um, he's probably got a couple more years of coaching in him. But I don't know if you saw, there was footage on YouTube just the other day of him coaching a recent game and the energy and explosiveness that he puts into you know, getting his players focused on the court during the match is huge. He's still got plenty of energy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. If he wants to achieve all these goals while he's got uh, time, like everyone, uh, or, yeah. or a limited time to do it, um, he, he needs to move on. He's done a fantastic job. Um, now, Nick Kyrgios, he, he doesn't know how to park, apparently. Well, <laughs> some blokes uh, called him out on Facebook and said that he keeps parking in the shared car spot out front of the unit block. Now, Nick Kyrgios, this is in Zetland in Sydney, and, and um, Nick Kyrgios is driving a very inconspicuous bright lime green uh, Tesla. So you can pretty much tell it's his car. It's not a, I wonder yeah, whose car yeah, that is. It's not as if it's, it's a white Commodore. It's uh no, it's a bright green lime Tesla, and he keeps parking in the shared spot. So they've called they've called him out, and um, he's obviously got a girlfriend there that he goes and sees every night. So he's parking in his shared spot. Mm, Nick Curios, <laughs> the Nick Curios files, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, watch it tonight. Yeah. Uh, now finishing up on uh, well, Nick Curios is quite left of centre. You played now. I say mm. this quite affectionately um with with you know no harm intended but you did play with a few fruitcakes <laughs> in cricket over your years yeah and then those sort of fruitcakes make the game what it is um there was a guy in particular when I first came to the Mossman Cricket Club a guy called uh Robin Yunan who was a little Lebanese guy and uh is very very funny my Lebanese um, brother you're a Lebanese brother yeah but what he would do um we all know in cricket, it's a pretty conservative game. You have to wear a white cricket shirt and white cricket pants. Well, he used to do quite a lot of weights and would, would wear the white tight Bonds T-shirt without a collar in first grade. We said, mate, you can't do that. And he'd walk out with like a Rolex watch on. And I remember him batting one day against Balmain and a, a guy called Greg Everest was fielding at short cover. And as Robin Union took centre with his Rolex watch and his uh, white tight Bonds T-shirt, Greg Everest said to him, have you got the time, mate? And he said, yeah, in about an hour's time, I'll be chatting your missus up on the hill after I get 100. <laughs> <laughs> and as he got bowled out next ball, he said, give my missus my regards. We are your way off. <laughs> yeah, Robin didn't play too many games after that, and uh, we had to address his um, his dress attire, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. We say fruitcake and with much affection. We do. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, sponsors. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And our brilliant producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building. 
Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.